You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Good ladies and gentlemen, this is Randall Beatley, the host of the Slapping Mead Wrestling Podcast. And today we got a we got a pretty long episode, being that we're moving back to one episode a week. And again, I hope you guys understand why I'm doing that. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't been watching a lot of the product here recently. I'm just sitting back watching things happening. Um, I'll watch some of the reviews, some of the highlights, but... I haven't been necessarily paying attention that much. I'm trying. I'm just burnt out of watching it all the time. I'll get back into it eventually. Um, but uh, what I want to talk about today is a completely different topic. It doesn't. I don't have to watch the product to uh, be anywhere like to, to talk about it because that's not what the the topic is about today. Today's topic. I'm going to talk about. For the most part, and we're going to tear into Wrestling Observer's newsletter awards for the year 2022 that got released last week. And I was going to do this over the weekend, um, but I didn't want to sort of break this schedule that I have. And I really just wanted to sit here and think about what I was going to say and not just come at it emotionally, but to really think about it. Um... And then we're going to mostly go over that. Um, and so let's go ahead and, and dive into this. This is what we'll, this is what this episode's going to be about. Um, Wrestling Observer, for those who don't know, if you're a real casual fan, sort of, like, I'll be honest, I used to be a super hardcore fan, so I knew about dirt sheets. I know about, you know, I understand the lifestyle of a hardcore fan because it used to be who I was. Um, but I'm more of a casual fan now where I, where I, I can, it's not my life. It's not what I, you know, strive to own. Like I have more to do outside of wrestling. Um, and for the most part, I watch it just as a TV show and not necessarily as a sport or something that should be taking a hundred percent serious which I, I think is the disconnect that a lot of hardcore fans have with my style of looking at the product, is that I'm not looking at the entering product as if it's some sort of sport event, right? I look at a match, and I look at the title belts, and I look at um, all of these things, the match, the titles, any sort of um, tournament or whatever. It's not like a real sport event. It's a prop. The, t- the titles are props. To, to push storyline. So if you're not pushing storyline, the matches, the titles, anything like that are completely worthless to me. And so that, I think there's a disconnect when, when, when you, you look at some of these things 
through the lens of a hardcore fan who sees everything as sort of like that most of these people are only watching the product for the matches for the sake of the match. Whereas I'm watching it to see how do they put in and continue story. How are they telling stories? And when you're not telling stories, in the end, to me, you're failing at doing what you're supposed to do, which is to entertain people and to put on a good story. Uh, but that's a different topic for a different day. So when we look through these awards, Wrestling Observer is Dave Meltzer's um, newsletter. And um, these awards, I'll go ahead and say this. like This isn't Meltzer's list, per se. It's his... It's fan voted, but let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. Who's listening to Dave Meltzer and willing to vote on a Dave Meltzer poll? These are hardcore wrestling fans who obviously are going to lean towards AEW. That's just what's going to happen. Um, So there's Category A awards, and then there's Category B awards. Category A awards, we'll do those last. Um, the way those were determined were by voters' first, second, and third picks, um, and they were sort of weighted. So if they would say, okay, rank these guys one to three. Who's your first favorite, second favorite, third favorite? Um, if you put them as first place, as your first favorite, they get five points. If you put them as, as your second favorite, they get three points. If you put them as third favorite, they get two points, right? And so at the end of the, end of the tally, end of the poll, they tally up all the points, And that's how that's determined. That's how Category A was determined. Category B awards were listed um, essentially uh, by the first place vote. So the winner got the most first, whoever got the most first place votes would end up being the winner. We're going to go over the, um, the Category B awards first because these are the ones that aren't as... You know, I'll still say some about it, but um, so we'll start with um, what they call like most valuable person or most valuable player, the MVPs. But they break this up in sort of regions. So you have United States slash Canada, Japanese, Mexico, and then Europe. Um, and then they have a fifth category for the men called the Hodge Award, which is the non heavyweight MVP. Um, and then they have the women's MVP. Um, so let's go through this. Um, and I got. I mean, we're, I'm already going to have a lot of opinions about this, right? So the United States Canada MVP is John Moxley, which is the biggest load of crap ever. You can't tell me that John Moxley is the best person, and and let's just understand that MVP isn't even the best. So. I think the problem people see, even in like sports like the NFL or basketball or hockey or whatever, when people try to consider who the MVP of the league is, right? MVP doesn't mean the best player. It means the most valuable person to his team. Is John Moxley the most valuable person to the industry? The fuck he is. If you say he is, you're lying. Is he the most valuable person to AEW? No, he is not. What he is is he's the most, I would say, the most useful. And when I what I mean by that is when they need John Moxley, because something else, you know, someone gets suspended or someone gets injured and they need they just need to put the belt on someone. John Moxley's there, but does that make him the most valuable? No. Um, 
I would even say that Moxley doesn't have much value outside of sort of his brand, his style of wrestling. He's not the most valuable in this area. This by far is Roman Reigns. And everyone's going to come at me, oh, you're a Roman Reigns lover, you're a WWE lover. Without a shadow of a doubt, Roman Reigns is the most valuable person in the world but most definitely in the United States and Canada. It's Roman Reigns without a doubt. That's who should have been the winner here. The Japanese, of course, is going to be Okada. Uh, Mexico and, and Europe. I mean, I don't really necessarily care, so I'm not really going to go over them. Europe is correct with Will Ospreay. I'll go ahead and agree with that. Um, the women's MVP, this is another one I have an issue with. Um, Sayuri, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, I want to be respectful with pronunciation. I think it's Sayuri. Um, but let's just be honest. She's not the most valuable woman of the year of 2022. And Again, who is the most valuable to the women's division in the whole world? It's not Sayuri. Because I can guarantee you outside of Japan where she wrestles, no one knows who she is. Outside of the hardcore fans, no one knows who she is. Right? There are even probably people who watch WWE and AEW who don't watch New Japan, who don't watch, um, I think she wrestles for Shimmer, um, who don't know who she is. Right, With, in, in, my, in my opinion, without a shadow of a doubt, the best, the MVP of the women's division in the entire world for the year 2022 is Mandy Rose. She got more eyes, she got more... Uh, people inter- invested in the NXT women's division. Without a shadow of a doubt, Mandy Rose was the most valuable to the women's division in 2022. Let's continue down. This is this is where it gets funny to me. Um, biggest box draw, biggest box office draw. It's Roman Reigns. And it's this one's actually correct. But how is he the biggest box office draw if he's not the MVP? Because at the end of the day, like I said earlier in the intro, this is an entertainment business, right? The goal is to get eyes on the product. And if Roman Reigns is the best at doing that, does that not make him the MVP? Does that not make him the most valuable person in the industry? That he can get more eyes on his product, on his storyline than anyone else? This is where this list is funny to me. Because Roman Reigns is the biggest box office draw in the industry. But wouldn't that make him the MVP? So you're, 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 this list is contradictory, and I get it's fan voted, and right, but the fans, right, the fans don't understand what, even what they're voting on half the time, right? Roman Reigns is the biggest box office draw, but this is an entertainment business, right? This would be like saying, and this happens, right, in in the movie industry, in the entertainment industry, um, the awards aren't given to who they deserve to go to sometimes. A lot of times, what happens is with these awards. Um, studios will end up paying money to the academy or whatever, and and saying, "Hey, we'll give you this much money if you if you have my re- my movie win, right?" Um, and and but and most of the time, like the way awards should work, right? If you have a movie and you have the biggest box office draw of the year, you should win best movie because people paid to see it. Right, or if there's an actor who year after year after year after year continues to bring more, the most people to the box office, to the to the theater, right? 
or right, then you're the biggest box office draw. So if Roman Reigns is the best box office draw, that means he's the best in the industry. And he should be the MVP. Let's just be honest. Most improved is the acclaimed. I don't necessarily know about that one. Sure, whatever. Most charismatic MJF. I guess if charismatic is getting on a mic and doing the same thing for four years. And I'm not even joking. MJF for the last four years have has literally not changed his gimmick. He's peaked. There's nothing else he can do that would be interesting to me. He's done everything that he's... Everything that he has done is what he continues to do, and there's nothing new with him. And that's why I think people aren't happy with this title run. I don't even watch AEW, but I can already tell you, MJF being champion is a problem. right? They shouldn't have thrown the world title on him. They should have put the TNT title on him to see how this thing works. How would people feel with him being champion? Because now that he's the head guy... And there's no story around him doing this, right? There's no story around him. There's no character development. People are just like, why is he here? People are going to lose interest in the product. The Brian Danielson Award, which is for Best Technical Wrestler. Well, they gave it to Brian Danielson. I don't even know who else would have won it, but why name a guy out? Why name an See, This is the thing about... Stuff like this. Why are you going to name an award after an active wrestler? And I'm sure this is like the first or second time they've ever named this award. Like, uh, why would you name an award after an active wrestler? Right? You couldn't name this after any other technical wrestler that doesn't wrestle anymore. Um, but Brian Danielson wins that. And I don't even know if he's the best technical wrestler, if, if we're being honest. Moxley wins the best brawler award, which is the Bruiser Brody reward award. Hey, look, Brody, Bruiser Brody is dead. He can't wrestle no more. So we remember his memory by naming the award after him. That's how this is supposed to work, right? But I, I'll agree. Moxley wins that. The most overrated is Ronda Rousey. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I think she's bad. I don't, well, I don't think she's bad. I think Ronda Rousey does what she's supposed to do, right? And I don't necessarily, I think the fans just don't like, like that she's there because she didn't pay her dues. These, these, these weirdos in the wrestling online community, the, the IWC, the online rest, the internet wrestling community, these weirdos that they are, like, they they don't like you unless you pay your dues. You have to go 20 years on the indies and, and scratch and claw and, and suffer and suffer to make it, barely make it live out of your car. You can't you know you can't enter the industry without any experience and jump to the top of the game. They'll hate you. This is why they hate Logan Paul, right? But the thing with Logan Paul that they respect is that Logan Paul sort of plays with the game and he does the flips. And, and 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 all of that all the extra high high energy spot stuff. Logan Paul's a spot guy. He's a spot monkey. Is his spots entertaining? Sure. But at the end of the day, Logan Paul is what the IWC wants, but they also are what they what he's also what they hate. Right? And so they kind of contradict themselves when they cheer for Logan Paul. But see Ronda Rousey doesn't do the flips and the kicks and the and the high spot, she just goes out there, she beats ass, and she she leaves. Is she the best on the mic? Is she best in the ring? Is she the most charismatic? No. 
but she's one of the most realistic, and I'm glad they're kind of moving her towards her and Shayna with the titles. Um, and because there's a way that I think Shayna, Baszler, and Ronda Rousey go in the mania. They ch- challenge Becky Lynch and Lita. If you haven't watched Raw yet, spoiler, spoiler alert, uh, Becky and Lita won the, the tag championships. Um, but I think we go into Mania, and that's your match. And Ronda and Shayna become world, uh, tag champions, and that and have a dominated, dan- excuse me, a dominating run as tag team champions. That'd be great. That's what they should do. Most underrated is Takashita, um, which I disagree with. Um, just because people don't know who you are doesn't mean you're underrated. I think the most underrated wrestler of the year. Um, I don't really know who I would put in this category. Um, I mean, I guess I could see it, but at the same time, I just don't, I don't know. I really, I really just don't know. Rookie of the year was Braun Breaker, best non-wrestler, Paul Heyman, best television announcer is Kevin Kelly. Now, if you don't know who Kevin Kelly is, he announces, uh, I think it's New Japan and he's fantastic, but he's not the best TV announcer. I'm sorry. This award should go to Michael Cole every single year. Michael Cole is the best announcer in the world, in the industry, no questions asked, period. Michael Cole's the best. He's the only one that, like, gets me hyped. Like, Pat McAfee's good, but Michael Cole, when Michael Cole is good, he is the best thing in the entertainment business as ter- in terms of and sports entertainment when it comes to being on commentary and selling me a match and selling me a story. Michael Cole is the best. Kevin Kelly's great, but he's not Michael Cole, right? Um, the next one, I have another complaint. This is where I have a, a lot of complaints for worst TV announcer, Corey Graves, which is the biggest fucking lie I've ever heard in my life. Corey Graves is nowhere near the worst television announcer. I could name you at least four people after or under him that that announced. I could probably name five in the year 2022 that announced that could be on this list that Corey Graves is better than. You want to hear uh, the, the, who should win this award? Kevin Patrick. Kevin Patrick should win this award hands down. The worst. And it's not that he's bad. And it's not even like his voice or his action. It's just he just doesn't have that chemistry that and and being the play or being the the head guy where you're supposed to sort of be in charge of everything. And I know it's something new for him, but it's just it's awful. Um, Jr. I'm sorry, he's past his prime. He's one of the worst things when he's on the microphone. I want to cut my ears off. Um, Excalibur. I'm sorry, your knowledge of the game, your knowledge of the industry, naming all the moves doesn't make you a good announcer. It makes you annoying as shit, right? And, and, and the IWC might like that he, he calls every move by their name, but buddy, shut the hell up sometimes. You're annoying. His voice is annoying. The fact that he wears a mask is annoying. Um, I don't know. It, it, he's annoying in and of himself. Um Jimmy Smith, the dude who was there before uh, Kevin Patrick, he was awful. Saxton was awful. 
Um, trying to think of who else. Chris Jericho, when he does commentary, is awful. Right? Corey Graves is far from being the worst TV announcer on t- on on TV. Right? I don't know why people hate Corey Graves. I really don't. Best wrestling show, major wrestling show, AEW New Japan Forbidden Door. I can agree with that. Worst wrestling show is Royal Rumble of 2022. I don't remember that show that much, so I'm going to say this is fine. Best wrestling maneuver. Um, Will Ospreay's Hidden Blade, which if you haven't seen it, go look it up. I had to look it up because I don't know what it is. What's so special about this move? Like, he does, if you don't, I'm going to try to explain it. Basically, opponent's down on their knees, um, and the guy, Will Ospreay runs from behind him, and then sort of like, he takes his elbow and sort of like does like a, a knife motion, like he's cutting his throat, right? And it's a cool looking move, but it's not like the best wrestling maneuver out there. I, I think there's better moves ever done. I can't name any by name because I'm just not that weird of. I'm I'm not that type of person that remembers n- the name of move. I just don't. Um, now here's one right here that. I really have a problem with, not with who won the, the, the category, but the fact that this category even exists, because this wasn't, this isn't a category that you put on this list every single year. They made this category up just for the year 2022. The category is the most disgusting promotional tactic. Who do you put in this nominee? Like, who do you nominate for this? The, the, the winner is Vince McMahon appearing on TV for a crowd pop after sexual misconduct allegations come out. First off, I thought it was a genius business decision. Y'all could see it as disgusting. I thought it was a genius business decision. But second, who else do you... Like, like the second I saw the, the name <coughs> excuse me of the category, I knew that this was going to be it. Because who else do you nominate? And then I... I, I looked down, they had like a top five list, and it was uh, AEW had one of like the elite or something after the punk and whatever debacle. But number two was Saudi Arabia and WWE having a, a, a relationship still. And y'all are just going to have to get over that. Y'all are really going to have to get over that. But I just don't like... Was this the best decision Vince McMahon could have made? Hey, there's allegations. I'm going to be on SmackDown. Watch me and see what I say. Yeah, it got you to watch, didn't it? And that's, at the end of the day, that's his job. Uh, I don't understand why this is a topic. I really don't. Worst television show is Raw. And let me tell you something. It's awful. There are parts of Raw, there are points when I'm watching Raw that I wish I wasn't watching Raw. But it's not the worst. At least we get some story sometimes. Rampage has literally zero story. And it's rate like when they vote it, we'll say we'll tell you who the best TV show is in a minute. I'm sure you guys can guess. But Rampage was voted third and it was finished third in the best TV show rankings. So they they rated it the third best televised show in wrestling. And that is the biggest lie of of all time. The worst match of the year, Vincent Mann versus Pat McAfee. 
Y'all really going to do this? Y'all really going to put this as the worst match? Like, come on. Y'all y'all couldn't think of anything else that was that it was an actual match with two actual wrestlers. You couldn't think of anything else. Worst feud of the year, Miz versus Loomis, which I thought started out pretty hot. And then Triple H went full IWC and brought in Gargano and brought in all of these guys. And, well, that's when it sucked. Let's just be honest. That's when it sucked. Right? When Gargano got involved in it, it sucked. Best booker and promoter of the year goes to Tony Khan, which makes no fucking sense. At all. You, but, but it does when you realize who's voting. Best gimmick, Sami Zayn. Worst gimmick, Maximum Male Models. Sami Zayn is far from the best gimmick of the year. Um, even if you don't want to see see it as the bloodline, come on. Sami Zayn is by far the worst gimmick. I don't want to say the worst, but he's far from being the best gimmick of the year. And Maximum Male Models never really got a chance to shine. The problem with doing a kayfabe award show is that most people are smart enough to recognize that your booking is what determines how you're perceived. Um, and so if I wanted to book... If Maximum Male Models were booked better, they wouldn't be considered the worst gimmick. right? It's the same thing with these WWE 2K23 rankings. Everyone's getting upset because certain people are ranked lower than they... You know, they're like an 81 and they're like, oh, they should be an 86. You realize that, first off, the the ratings don't really mean much, if anything, in that game. Um, But two, the ratings are based on the booking decisions of the company, right? So Roman Reigns is a 99, which is going to be virtually unbeatable because for the last three years, he has literally been unbeatable. He hasn't lost a match. And so you have to put in the game what is the reality of the booking that you're getting on TV, right? Um. So let's go up to the uh, the category A awards. Um, we'll go with wrestler of the year last because I have a breakdown of the top ten of those I want to go over. But let's go with most outstanding wrestler is Will Ospreay. I want to know like how many different categories do you have because you have wrestler of the year and then you have most outstanding wrestler. What's the difference? In the award. Like, can you explain to me what the difference in the the category is? Most Outstanding Wrestler, Will Ospreay. Tag Team of the Year, uh, FTR. Which I can see if you're going to take in all of their work. Um, I can understand that, I guess. Um, I want to back up real quick. Because I, uh, I want to go back down to Women's MVP. Because I just thought of this as I was going through the Sai- Sayuri. Uh... Here's my problem. Here's my problem with her being women's MVP. She didn't get on TV. And I know people are going to hate me for this. But 90% of the rest... I don't want to say 90%. I don't know the act. But at least 50% of the wrestling audience is in America. And you weren't on American television. At least in the mainstream... In like... on, On one of the two big promotions. If you're not in AEW... And if you're not in WWE, you're not the most valuable in the industry. Let's just be completely honest there. If you're not in AEW, and if you're not in WWE, you're not the most valuable person in the industry. You're just not. I don't care if you put on 12 seven-star matches in the Tokyo Dome in, in the period of the year. You're not the most valuable. 
because you're not on TV, you're not being marketed to the, the crowd that watches in the mainstream American audience. And that is the biggest audience, right? If you look at the population of America versus the population of the rest of, you know, the the developed world, Japan and, and, and whatsoever, right? The two biggest TV markets in the world are China and America. If you're not hitting those markets, you're not the most valuable. And, and so that is why I say to me, the most valuable, it, it has to be Mandy Rose. And if it's not Mandy Rose, Bianca Belair would have been fine. Britt Baker would have been fine, but it's, I'm sorry, as good as you may be, Sayuri, you're not the most valuable in the women's division. I'm just, you're just not. Back on it. Best on interviews. Basically, who's the best on the mic? Uh, and MJF wins. But MJF will win this award every year as long as people keep sucking his dick. But he's not the best on the mic if you really think about it. Um, promotion of the year, AEW. Best weekly TV show, AEW Dynamite. You should have figured this one was coming. I think SmackDown was second. Rampage was third. Uh, pro wrestling match of the year: Okada versus Osprey um, in in uh, August. Um, the so then we'll go up to the last award category here, and that's wrestler of the year. And I was able to figure out the top ten list with um, the top ten list with how many points they got. And then also if they received the first place vote, nine of the ten wrestlers on this list, the top nine received first place votes. Tenth place did not receive any first place votes. So we will go with um, we will go with that. So we'll start at the bottom. Number ten on this list is with ninety-one points is Brian Danielson. Now I think he's still a top ten wrestler of the year. I do. I think he is. Um, I think it's insane that he didn't get a single First place vote. I figured he'd get at least one, um, but I think Brian Danielson, from a a a wrestling point of view, I can understand how he could be in the top ten. I think he's still a top ten in the industry. I'm not going to hate him. Um, I've been a big fan of his since 2014, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate from him. Now, number nine, the wrestler from a woman's wrestler from Stardom, uh, Julia. Uh, I don't know who the hell she is. I had to look her up. She received 17 first place votes. She had 199 points in this. Remember, these were like if you're first place, you get five points. If you're second place, you're three points. If you're third place, you're, you get two points, right? Um, and, and the person's voting, right? So she had 199 points, 17 verse, first place votes. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't know, man. Like I just said, if you're not in AEW and if you're not in WWE, I don't know how you can be on this list. I just don't know how you can be on this list. Because I don't care how good of a match you put on. I, I just don't care. If you're not on mainstream TV, you're not in, you're not the top 10 of the business. You're not the top 10 in this industry. If you're not in one of the major promotions. right? It's just like saying that the best D3 quarterback... If you're a sports fan, it's like saying the best um, in, in college football, you have Division One, which is your top-tier division. That's Alabama, Clemson, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, right? Then you have Division Two, which is your lower-tier 
um, small town schools. Then you have Division Three, which is like they're good. They're the, probably the, still the best player on their high school team when they get recruited, but they play in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, you're talking like uh, like Calvin College out in 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 Michigan, right? That's a D three school, and they don't even play football. Um, but I know they're D three in basketball. Um, but I mean, you're talking like colleges you've never heard of, right? But that's like saying that the the best D three college quarterback that you've never heard of, but he put out the most stats. He like he had the best stats. He had the most touchdowns, the most yards, the best QB rating. That's like saying he should be college football player of the year because he's better than everyone else in the country when. He plays nobody, right? He plays nobody. He doesn't, right? And I'm, you're not on the biggest stages, on the biggest TV networks. No one knows who you are. Like, Julie, I'm sure you're great. And when I looked you up and watched some, I watched some of your matches. You have a great look. I'll be honest with you. She's kind of cute. She has that look. She, she's, I just don't know if she fits. Like, if you're a casual fan and you look her up, her name's spelled, uh, G-I-U-L-I-A, Julia, she's Italian, I, I'm I, I'm pretty sure she's Italian, but I don't think she has that sort of mainstream look, she has a super anime look, and, and I don't know, she's not, she, she doesn't, in, in my opinion, she doesn't, she's not on this list, she's not on this list, I can think of at least three other women that you could put on this list above her. Number eight with 203 points, 19 uh, first place votes. So the first place votes basically are the reason why he's in front of Julia, and that's CM Punk. I think with what he did in 2022, I can understand why he's on this list. I don't think he's still top 10 in the industry. Um, In fact, there's some people on this list that are definitely missing. Number seven with 20 first place votes, 235 total points, it's MJF. I think he should be on the list, but I don't think he I don't think he deserves any first place votes. He's definitely not the best wrestler in the world. That's MJF. Number six, 37 first place votes, 439 points. Chris Jericho. This is insane that he received any first place votes. He's he's nowhere near his prime. And he's not any good, right? He's not. Right? Everything that he's doing looks sloppy as shit. Anytime I turn on AEW and I see Chris Jericho, it just looks sloppy as shit. Number five, 34 first place votes, 551 total points, Sayuri. Again, same thing with Julia, because you're not, I just don't understand how you can be considered the best. Like you have 34 people saying that you're the best in the, in the industry and no one on AEW, you haven't fought anyone at AEW, you haven't fought anyone in WWE. How can you say you're the best when you haven't fought in the best companies, right? And so, just like I said with her, when she won a female MVP, these awards, every single one of these awards should have been won, right? This top 10 list should be everyone, or this top 10 list should only consist of people in AEW and WWE because those are the top two companies in the world. Number four is... Um, Kazushika Okada, 679 points, 39 first place votes. Uh, I could see why he's on, and I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here. Okada, at least, I'm pretty sure he was on Forbidden Door. Same with number three. 
Um, I'm pretty sure Okada was on Forbidden Door, so he sort of had an American audience that watched him. I just, I don't know if he's top five. I don't find anything, when I watch him, I don't see anything special in him. I'll just be completely honest. Number three, 105 first place votes, 1,591 points, so that's 1,591 points. It's almost 1,000 more points above fourth place. That's Will Ospreay. Now, I can understand this. He's the best wrestler not in AEW or WWE, right? If I'm WWE, if I'm AEW, I'm going after Will Ospreay. I, I am. He he is fucking great. I love Will Ospreay. He's probably the only guy that isn't, like, in WWE that I would say is great. And, and and he's not like world championship caliber talent, but he could come in and put on banger after banger in in, in of matches against someone in the North American Championship picture or this like mid-card intercontinental US title picture. I think he would be perfect in the US title picture. I'll be honest with you. Um number 2 with 232 first place votes, 2216 points. Roman Reigns. This is insane that he is number two. And number one is John Moxley with 498 first place votes, 3,101 points. This is also insane that he got this many first place votes. He's not the best wrestler in the business. I'm sorry, he's not. I could see him being in the top five. But my biggest question is where are guys like Gunther? Where are guys like Seth Rollins? Where are guys like, even like, People in AEW, like, uh, I don't know. I think a lot of the AEW people are already on this list that should be on the list. But I'm talking like, where's Seth Rollins? Where's Braun Breaker? Where's Gunther? Where's the Usos? Like, where are these people? Like, FDR even should probably be on this list. Um, so my question is, who's voting? Who's doing the voting? And, and, and. Why are y'all picking John Mo- Like, why do y'all love John Moxley so much? Someone fill me in on why you love John Moxley so much. I don't understand the hype for him. He's another like like I'll be honest. If he- John Moxley and Eddie Kingston are the same person to me, the problem is is Eddie Kingston never got as big because he didn't make it to WWE, and so people know who John Moxley is because of his WWE run. Whereas the mainstream audience doesn't know who Eddie Kingston is. But they're the same person. They do dumb fucking stunts. They bleed all the time. Like, John Moxley bleeds just to fucking bleed. And it it's becoming stupid at this point. It's becoming dumb as shit at this point. But, yeah. So that's my thoughts. Let me know what you guys think about, what I, about my opinions on this list. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next week. On the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Y'all have a great rest of your day.